Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome to the only podcast covering our local schools, their sports teams, and our community at large. We are talking playoffs this week because the boys' water polo and local football playoff brackets will be released on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. Happy Halloween week to everybody. This show is brought to you as part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post, and it's hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Gardabasio. And I'm Tyler Hendrickson. Um, all three of us sponsored <laughs> in our entirety by Naples Rib Company. Everything that we do at the562.org is a result of the support of all of our sponsors, supporters, uh, subscribers, readers, but especially Naples Rib Company, longtime and loyal sponsors of the sports guys and Long Beach sports coverage here at the562.org. Um, as we go, turn towards the holiday season, it still feels like summer, guys, because we're it's 90 degrees yeah, today so at the end of October. Degrees, yeah. It's wild. But, uh, you know, if, if you've got family coming to town in the next couple months, don't feel like cooking, want to show off Long Beach's barbecue, take them down to Naples Rib Company. It's right there by the ocean on 2nd Street. Uh, have a beautiful time down there and let them know that the 562.org is the reason that you support Naples Ribco. Story of the week is the local football season wrapping up on Friday night. The regular season has been a, uh, a whirlwind, to say the least. A lot of stuff we did not expect to see coming down and changing the playoff landscape. For example, an incredible homecoming win for Compton on Friday night over Lakewood really shakes up the more league standings and makes it so that we're probably going to be drawing envelopes on Friday night after the games are over uh, envelope tolls, guys, it's a, uh, it's a thing in the more league. It's special to the more league and it always seems to happen in football. Yeah. Stop me. If you hear a result that doesn't sound like a 30 point plus victory, Polly needs to beat Lakewood. Milliken needs to beat Wilson and Compton needs to beat Cabrillo. Do we kind of all agree in podcast form that those things are happening probably quite comfortably on Friday night. Respectfully. Yes. Yes. Okay. In that occasion, then yes, we will have a three-way tie for third place between Compton, Jordan and Lakewood, all of whom have sort of beaten each other. Uh, Compton beat Lakewood, Lakewood beat Jordan, Jordan beat Compton. Um, so there is no head to head. And as such, we would go to the envelope draw uh, that JJ described, which will take place at Veterans Memorial Stadium on the field uh, after the Poly Lakewood game. Uh, the Lakewood coaches and kids will be there. The Jordan coaches will be there uh, or administrators will be there. And then uh, Compton, I don't, I don't, I'm sure they'll have to get it. It's, it's an interesting situation. An administrator from every school has to be there, but the AD at Compton is also their head football coach who is playing at Cabrillo that night. So I'm not quite sure what they'll do, but they will have a representative as well. And we will draw down to see who gets that third and final guaranteed playoff spot out of the Moore League. So, yeah, I mean, there's a story on the website right now that Mike put together. So if, if you need that shorthand reminder, you know, you may listen to the podcast and then when Friday comes around, you're like, wait, what were they talking about? Jordan and Captain and yeah. and <laughs> it's easy to get all mixed up. But yeah, the, the story's up there. It gives you all the different scenarios. And as Mike lays out in the story, basically you have the three envelopes, the names of each of the three schools in one of one of those envelopes. Uh, you do an envelope pull, um, more league secretary, Lisa Ulmer will be there, pull an envelope, whichever school it says in that envelope is immediately eliminated. Um, at least from this, um, 
you know, from getting the third place spot. And then with the remaining two teams, you take the head to head. So whoever won the head to head matchup, say if, you know, Compton gets pulled and then it's Lakewood and Jordan, then Lakewood would get the number three spot considering they beat Jordan in their head to head meeting. So that's the way the three way tie envelope draw kind of works. And there is a reason for this, which is that it felt too arbitrary to just pick an envelope and say, this team's going to the playoffs. So they let fate be the grim reaper instead and eliminate a team. And then you actually have a game result between those two final teams that can determine the outcome, which I, I don't know if it's better or worse, but it's certainly more interesting, <laughs> which as yeah. a journalist, I think we can, we, we all can appreciate it's also It's also more confusing. So I guess that means it gives us more stuff to talk about, but yeah, it, ultimately <laughs> it just is a one in three chance. So it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't ultimately really matter that much, but we have to point out there is an additional wrinkle in this in that the teams that don't make it could still have at large consideration, but only if you're Jordan. And so that's, that's, I think kind of the, the other layer in this. And for us being neutral third parties, we look at it and we say, we'd love to have a bonus playoff team. And the only way we would get that bonus playoff team, because you have to have a 500 record or better in order to be considered for at large into the postseason. That means if Jordan gets the automatic bid that will cut off the remaining more league teams that could go to the playoffs. If Compton or Lakewood gets in, we still like Jordan's chances to be a playoff team, but we completely understand why Tim Wedlow and his Panthers do not want to leave that up to the, the CIF Southern section, the, the committee that's going to be figuring out these brackets. They want to make sure they get in. And the only way that they know for sure that they're getting in is if the right envelope gets pulled. Those brackets are coming out on uh, Sunday, excuse me, Sunday, the boys water polo is Saturday. We'll get to that in a minute, but Sunday, those football brackets are coming out and uh, we talked about it on a past episode. You can go back and listen to where we were breaking down how different this playoffs is going to be because of the Cal high rankings, because of the way that they're putting the teams into brackets based on this year's performance and not anything else. So they have to wait until this year is done in order to do so. So we still are working uh, without a net, as they say in uh, trapeze and the circus life. Uh, we, don't, we don't know what's going to catch us here at the bottom, but obviously at the website, you will find when those brackets are released on Sunday, where your favorite team is playing. Mike, right now, I think that we can all agree that people are still, we, we can put out all the stories we want. We can talk about it on as many podcasts as we want. People are still going to freak out when they find out that Long Beach Poly is not in Division One or Division Two or possibly Division Three. I I was literally texting. Uh, I guess I can, I guess I can say this. I was literally texting with Dalen Austin's dad, uh, Al Austin, who is a city council person in the city of Long Beach and a pretty detail oriented guy, as you might imagine. Um, and he made a comment to me that was like, you know, they've just got to, you know, stay focused and, and get go on a run in division two, you know, and, <laughs> and I think that is sort of where poly fans are. There is like an acceptance that they're not in that top eight that's going to be division one. But I, I do absolutely think when people see that they're in like right now, they'd be bottom three of division three or top three of division four. Um, I do think there's going to be a big shock. I also think that that shock is deserved. And the reason that I say that is um, whether you're a fan or not a fan of that team, whether you cover them uh, or you just sort of trust us, they absolutely do not have a division four roster. Like <laughs> mm -hmm. they have several kids committed to colleges. They have several kids with offers from big time schools. 
Um, that is a, you know, I think if you look at like a Warren, that's a, they have a roster about like that. Their top dude is not a quarterback the way that Warren's is with Nico. Um, but they're a team that is in that like strong public division two mix. But because of the more leagues drag on the strength of schedule, which is so important in those Cal preps rankings, um, they just sink down and down and down. And for example, you look at Warren this week is playing Downey. Well, Downey's eight and one. So they're helping Warren's rating, you know, by being good. And if you look at the more league, you know, as we mentioned, I mean, in talking about the tie for third place, two of the three teams tied for third place after this week do not have a 500 record. <laughs> so that has just dragged uh, Polly's rating down so much um, that that's why they're in that spot. But I think people will see that. And as JJ said, be shocked because it feels like an indictment of the talent level or the community or the coaches or whatever, when really it's kind of just, you know, we've left this up to math this year. And this is what the math says about a, a team who half their wins are in the more league. Well, and, and also the Jackrabbits with a sub 500 record in non-league play as well. And so a lot of that can be contributed. Certainly it was a close loss against Sarah um, and, and teams change a lot over the course of the season. I don't think that this current version of the poly team loses 41 14 or whatever the score was against um, mission Viejo, but that was the score. And so um, they also had a lopsided loss against Corona Centennial. And so when, when you're trying to evaluate a team and they they're playing a weak schedule um, according to the rankings in league and winning those games fairly comfortably, there's not a great comp. There's not a great, like, Oh, this team is near poly in the rankings. Did they beat that team? You know, should they be ranked higher than they are? all the opportunities that the Jackrabbits had against teams that are ranked higher than them, they ended up losing. So uh, it, it's just kind of falling into that right, right gap and trying to evaluate. But as, as Mike said, we think talent wise and the way the trajectory of the season has gone, we think that this team is better than division four or maybe even better than division three, but that's not what the results have borne out over the course of the season. And just to highlight how different these computer rankings are, you know, so first of all, it's exactly what Tyler said. They have beaten no one ranked higher than them and they have lost to no one ranked lower than them. If you look at the good wins, bad losses on Cal preps, they have zero of either of those. They just have the results that you would expect basically. Um, but I, let me, let me put it like this modern day beat Servite. It was a great game, but it was, obvious that modern day was you know kind of a cut above by the end of that game and in the cow preps rankings modern day was number one servite was number two and bosco is number three servite loses that game for their first loss and in the cow preps ranking they're still number two because you're not really punished for losing to a team that is ranked higher than you so bosco even though they're still undefeated, you know, they're number three <laughs> mm. because it's just like, oh, well, they also, and I, I'm just thinking like you would never see that in coaches advisory rankings as they used to exist, but that is sort of the clarity right or wrong that these computer formulas uh, that the, the computer formula is providing this year. I am fascinated to see what happens with scheduling next year based on the playoffs this year. For example, let's say we're I'm my I'm our friend Mike Machete at La Mirada. If I see Long Beach Poly play some of the best teams in the Southern Section, in like Corona Centennial and Mission Viejo and all that stuff, if I see them play those games and they come out of non-league one and four, and then they win all of their league games, which La Mirada tends to do. If that happens and then Polly goes off and wins a division three championship, I might follow that 
and do the exact same thing next year. Schedule really, really tough in the non-league. Get my kids used to playing tough games, tough teams. Win my league. Get new division I can win. Win the division. They've done it before. They've won a lower level before, and uh, they celebrated it. It was a really big deal that La Mirada won that CIF championship a few years ago that we were actually covering when we were working at that other paper. So I'm really curious to see how teams react to the way these playoffs go, because honestly, honestly, I don't think divisions are going to mean as much as they used to in the future. I, I, I think that's exactly right. I think that at this point, we're looking at division one and everything else. You know, I think division two might kind of carry some weight, but um, you know, Ned Freeman who runs calpreps.com and whose formula is the basis for these rankings. Um, he posted on their website that he had been kind of inundated with messages from Southern section coaches. He said, uh, I love, I actually loved what he posted. We, we did put it up on our Twitter. He said, after decades of hearing that we've been ranking teams too low, all of a sudden I'm hearing from coaches saying, Hey, we're ranked too high. You need to move us down. Right. Um, no, I, I think it's a very small list of people who want to be in division one. And I think that those are going to be the teams that are in division one, <laughs> you know, even teams like Sierra Canyon that are, that are big budget programs. Now, I don't think they really want to be in that top flight division. So um, I think JJ says exactly right. I do think if I can offer a perspective from the other side, I think the influence we're going to see on scheduling is everyone now understands that getting to 500 is the all important part of your schedule, because that's what gets you in as an at large. If I'm Calvin Bryant looking at Jordan high school, I don't think he has any reason to feel like Jordan is like a huge cut above Compton this year. Obviously those teams are all pretty equal because of the schedule that Jordan put together Jordan is 500 and they are basically guaranteed an at-large berth into these playoffs because Compton and Lakewood are not, they are basically guaranteed to have no shot of an at-large into the playoffs. So I think you're, you're a hundred percent going to see teams. JJ mentioned the Long Beach Poly La Mirada's where it's like, look, you know, you're getting 500, you're getting to 500 because of your league probably. So whatever you want to do to go up or down, that's how you schedule your strength of, the, of your non-league. I think what we're going to see is teams like Jordan and Compton and maybe Lakewood and maybe Wilson going. So you're telling me if I play Fireball, if I play the Port of LA, if I play these schools, even if I'm going into a more league where I'm going to struggle, I'm going to play Polly. I'm going to play Milliken who are going to bring my rating up so that I won't be too low to get an at-large. And then those non-league wins get me to 500. Like, I think we will, See, I think we will see a lot of that. I don't think it will be as hard to schedule a game as a kind of bad team next year as it has traditionally been for those programs. One other thing, I, and not to get too papal here, but I think the 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 type of smoke has changed. You know what I mean? I think the the <laughs> at least in Division One, not everybody wants that D one smoke anymore because I think they realize. Uh, <laughs> the the ones at the top are just different than they used to be uh 10 15 years ago you know what i mean we've never seen a third place team in a league ever in america as good as the third place team will be between bosco and servite right so I, I think it used to be like hey we want the respect of being in the top division and we think you know any given friday night we, you know we have the opportunity to go beat these teams but i do think the gap between the haves and the you know we the, the team's in consideration for winning a championship. And is it three? Is it two teams? 
is it really only one team, you know? And I think a lot of coaches are looking at that and seeing that the gap has widened between the general, Hey, this is a good program, or this is a school that has, you know, a handful of division one players. It's almost like if you don't have a full starting 11 on both sides of the ball, that's going D one, you're just not in consideration for the highest division football championship in California. You can say that's a good thing. You can say it's a bad thing. Obviously the quality of football is very high as that modern day Servite game was an amazing game. But fewer teams, I think, feel like they're in contention to take that top crown. So I think, like JJ said, divisions aren't going to matter. You're just going to want your championship and to have an opportunity to make a deep playoff run. And you don't want to feel like you're losing to a Pac-12 team in the second round or whatever. So for so for looking at the playoffs right now, got Polly where we've got them. And I think that Milliken and possibly Jordan would be our other selections as a team that could uh, that could really make some noise in the playoffs. It, or do we all agree on that? That th- those teams positioned where they are with the talent, top end talent that they have, their stars. Like, there's not too many Damian Hendersons if Jordan gets into Division Thirteen in Division Thirteen, right? Yeah, and I would add Compton to that list, JJ. I think that their offense, their their formation, their philosophy is the star there. I do think that uh, Deion Johnson and Eric Barrios, as we saw uh, against Lakewood, when they're playing with pride and when everything's on the line, those guys are unbelievable talents in that lower division. And when they can actually be on the field together. That's a, that's yeah. another big thing that Compton hasn't had is, is health the whole season. Yeah. I, do, I do think I was talking we – Tyler and I actually just talking about this with kind of the, the Lakewood volleyball coaches yesterday. The only thing I would say about Lakewood is when you get into those lower divisions, it's not really, in my opinion, about coaching or about depth. It's just about guys. It's about who's got a guy that could pop 300 yards and four touchdowns. And you see that with Damian Henderson and Jordan Washington and Jordan. You absolutely see that. I see that in Deion Johnson and Eric Barrios at uh, Compton. And I'm not quite sure that I see the guy for Lakewood – um that that put that sort of takes over like that um in the way that those other teams did and maybe that's just the recency bias of having seen Lakewood do that against or having seen Compton do that against Lakewood um and Lakewood not be able to do it against Compton but I I really think any of those teams have a chance to make a deep run um I think St. Anthony who either gets in with a win over Harvard Westlake to take second in the Delray League or in the same boat as Jordan they're going to end up at 500 and likely be in as an at-large. I think similarly, Sony Alpiu has a very good chance to just kind of bust a great month at running back and lead them deep into the playoffs. So um, it's going to be interesting. I don't feel like any of us feel like it's been an incredible season of football um, in terms of, you know, where the league and where the city is, but it could be an incredible postseason of football. And I think that's what the competitive equity era has brought us. I think we kind of felt that way about baseball last year. Would, would we all agree with that? Like you yep. didn't necessarily feel like that Millican baseball team was going to change the culture of everything, but they get in the right division. They make a run. You really see what the strength of that team is when they're playing appropriate competition. They win a CIF championship. And then guess what? They get three or four high profile transfers in. They clean up the city of Long Beach on the freshman class. And all of a sudden, potentially things have changed for the next decade because of that division three CIF championship run they were. I think we could see something similar with football. I hope so. Well, and it's good. I think it's good for, for every team in the city. You know, I do think it's a, I mean, obviously the other more league baseball coaches might uh, smack me on the back of the head and say, they got the players, not us. But I, <laughs> I do think seeing, you know, every game that we went to, you know, uh, at least the ones that were close, you know, we saw kids from other high schools going to watch and support Milliken. And so I do think, 
kids saying, hey, we can win championships. We can play a, a bull diamond at Blair Field and, and make lo- lifelong memories in my hometown. You know, hopefully that will lead to more talent staying. And you realize you can have those memories. You can make those runs. You can commit to the college of your dreams while doing it all while staying at your your home school and, and staying in Long Beach. And selfishly, we, we want to cover you. We want you on our highlight videos and, and we want to have the best teams possible right here in the city. We have also got some great teams getting prepared for the boys water polo playoffs. I mentioned it before. Those brackets are coming out on Saturday. Wilson wrapped up a 14th consecutive more league championship this week with a win at Milliken. And what's it, what, JJ, JJ, what's a bigger upset if Wilson didn't win the more league water polo championship or Polly didn't win the more league football championship this year. Ooh, we Rick. That is a real, that is a really good question. I got, I got the answer for that one. I would say Wilson only because they've got kids who might go to the Olympics, right? Like Greg Carson is a, is the type of kid where when we were watching like Jackson Kimball and Max Irving, we were like, Hey man, this guy could be representing the United States of America in the Olympics. And you still see that with a great Carson at, at Wilson. Yeah. That's no disrespect to Polly, but that's literally next level. Polly doesn't have Willie McGinnis right now. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> well, and, and we saw, I mean, Milliken was within a possession of Polly in the second half. And like being at that game, like three things going not that radically differently could have made that a different football game. Right. I, there, there, is, there isn't a Milliken football team in water polo where it's like multiple division one guy. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. What was the score of Polly, the, the Wilson Polly water polo game, JJ? Uh, like I'd have to look it up, but I don't it was, remember, but it was more than 10 goals and 10 yeah. goals is what Gray Carson scored by himself <laughs> in, the, in the finale. Yeah. Of he's already, he's already scored twice during this segment. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so they are set up. They had actually a great tournament up in NorCal last week. A uh, nice little road trip for them. Uh, and they got some quality wins. They won three out of their four games. So they're set up to g- jump back up into Division One Now, Boys Wild Polo doing an open division and a Division One this year, much like basketball dis, uh, did when they first started uh, ch- switching the way that they were doing their playoffs. So Wilson is really excited to be up in that upper echelon. But much like we were talking about football, you've got Milliken just out of the top 10 in Division 3. You've got Long Beach Poly number one right now in Division 4. And even Cabrillo sneaking into the top four of Division 6 this year. Now, obviously, those rankings don't mean where they're going to end up in the playoffs. That's never been the case. They're always fun to watch, but you know they don't mean as much as we like to think they mean. However, just looking at it, even uh, Milliken coach Danley Smith was like, I'm looking at the division and I'm thinking if we can win two games, anything can happen. And I feel like there's three or four teams in the Moore League right now who could do that, which makes me so excited for these boys water polo playoffs because we haven't had great boys water polo success in a few years. We had that Cabrillo run uh, a few years ago. We had the, obviously the girls water polo success in, uh, in 2018, but it's been a while since we got to go to Woolet and cover boys water polo. I think we might get back there this year, guys. Yeah, I, I think Lakewood's in the top 10 uh, as well, JJ. It's, it, it, is, it is setting up to be a uniquely exciting playoffs uh, in Long Beach. And, you know, we'll see how that the, the division thing breaks out. But you very much could have uh, Wilson, Polly, and Cabrillo all seated in the top four uh, of their respective playoff brackets, which is very exciting for sure. Yeah, and those are the matchups you want early. We, we want to see these teams in Long Beach playing these playoff games early, get a little bit of momentum. Again, you're in a situation where you're like, okay, 
looking good. There's just not a lot of Max Millers at Milliken in, in that bracket. You know what I mean? You've, you've got guys who can take over games, uh, and we've seen it from these kids playing really good quality competition here in Long Beach. We've seen those kids take over those games. So very excited to see where they land up on Saturday. Again, the football playoff brackets coming out on Sunday. We're going to have the live release on our social media. So make sure you're following us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. And then we're going to obviously have the breakdown available after we talk to the coaches and see where these teams are ending up. Do you guys have any bold predictions for these playoffs? Do you think something? You think something's crazy gonna happen? Uh, if Jordan gets in, I feel like Damian Henderson has a five, like a Al Bundy five touchdown game. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh. like a like a, a kickoff return for a touchdown, two running touchdowns, uh, an interception return, like something crazy like that. I feel like if that kid gets a chance to get into the playoffs, he's gonna do something for the record books. Here's here's my bold prediction. It's not about an individual. It's about the whole city. We are going to get three CIF championships between football and water polo. Um, And to put that into context, it's never happened before uh, since we have been around. (laughs) But I do believe with the way that for both football and water polo, knock on wood, we still got to put the biscuit in the basket. We're two days away from the brackets coming out for water polo, three days away from, uh, from them coming out for football. But where things shake out right now, we have a really competitive chance. And I like the teams. It's the right makeup of where they understand the opportunity in front of them. And I'm hopeful that it'll be like the spring was for us when we were just kind of cashing in CIF championships every five days, it felt like. Right. We were we were busy um, (laughs) until we were on the operating table. Um, We we, uh, my bold prediction won't be championships, but I'll say in football, double digit playoff wins for the city of Long Beach this year. I think we can get up to 10. I think between Polly and Milliken and St. Anthony and the, uh, you know, maybe Jordan and Compton, maybe Jordan and Lakewood. I think we can, if we, especially if we get five teams, maybe that they, maybe that's my asterisk. If we can get to those five teams, we'll get double digit wins. I think you're going to have deep runs. I mean, Mike's predicting championships. You got to win. Yeah. You got to win hey. several games to win hey. championships. So. 10, one, 10 victories in playoff games. Sounds like it's great for business. It sounds great for business. <laughs> sounds tremendous for traffic. It sounds everyone's mental health will be improved. <laughs> be great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, when you do go to that website called the562.org, make sure you smash that subscribe button to make sure that we've got enough people to cover all of these playoff victories. We got yeah. We got to get folks out there. Hey, gas is high. Okay. So if we're if we're going on the road and we're covering these games, in all in all honesty, you know, we we're we've got a growing staff of really talented people. We want to cover all these games. We want to bring you all of the best coverage of our athletes, but it does take resources. So yeah, like JJ said, head to the website, the562.org, but I- click the support tab, hit the subscribe button, get on Patreon and, and chip in what you can. You know, we wanna we wanna be there and cover everything and be comprehensive, but we do need the support from the community to make it happen. Say we get Compton. say Jordan gets in as an at-large that means we have four more league teams and we have St. Anthony in the playoffs that's five football games say everyone wins it's five football games two weeks in a row you've only heard three people on this podcast that's how many people (laughs) work full-time for the 562 that means we need to be able to pay freelancers to go cover the other games we found freelancers we feel great about the articles and the videos and the photos that they're doing but boy I don't want to be talking to some parent after their kid, you know, won a, a, a second round playoff game going, how could you guys not cover this? And I'm going, do you subscribe to the website? Are you right. paying for us to be able to cover these games? Because it doesn't come for free, you know? And I, so make sure you're subscribing now because that scenario is absolutely out there. 
And say we do get to all these championships, they're going to play football and water polo championships at the same time. Right. right. <laughs> I'm already sweating about it, but yeah, we can only, we can only do as much as we can do and we're going to try to do the most, but yeah, we need a, we need a shot in the arm. So yeah, if you, if you want to see the coverage, if you want to make sure your kid's game is, uh, is on our list, then, um, you know, make sure we have the, the capacity to send more people out and cover these games. Before we get out of here, we wanted to do a special interview as part of this podcast, because this week at the Wilson Milliken football game, two of our favorite guys, Jordan Sanders, part of the Milliken football coaching staff, and Bobby Hawk, Long Beach Bobby, part of the Wilson football coaching staff. Uh, they're going to be doing the ceremonial coin flip before this game on Friday at Milliken, and it's just really special. Uh, you can see the article at the562.org right now. Um, the, these local sports programs, amateur sports programs, are only as strong as their volunteers, their assistants, the people who really dedicate themselves to giving back to the thing that gave to them, the alumni and stuff like that. And uh, you couldn't find a better example than Jordan Sanders at Milliken and Bobby Hawk at Wilson. So I stopped by and talked to those two guys this week about, uh, about what they do and, and how they feel about the programs they give themselves to. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, I am with the celebrities of the week, uh, Jordan Sanders, assistant to the head coach at Milliken High School Football, and Bobby Hawk, the equipment manager for Wilson Bruins Football, going to be together doing the coin flip before the game uh, because, as we just said, you know, volunteers make this football thing go. Uh, so, Jordan, we'll do you first. You know, why did you get involved in Milliken football? Why did you end up going from a Milliken student to a Milliken football player and now on the staff? It's it's money. I I went to a a fr my freshman year. I went to a football game, and then all of a sudden, I just wanted to see more more of it. <laughs> um, after about three years or so, I I decided I wanted to do football, and I had I had to really work my way back up academically to get into football. And with the coaching thing, I I don't know how that came to be, to be quite honest with you, but I felt that. I knew I wasn't going to be a college athlete, so I figured why not get back to a community that did so much for me as a student and as a player, and it's been like that ever since. Awesome. Bobby, you also went to Wilson, like Jordan went to, uh, to Milliken, so what was it like for you, and why did you get involved in being a coach? Um, because um, I've, um, my dad is a coach, and he's coached um, for a long time here. Um, since I've been born, my dad was a cross country coach and a football coach as well, and I've got I've got the bloodline in coaching. Right. And and I like being around football, and I do security as well at Rams games, and I see their coaches how they walk in and stuff, and it's pretty nice. And I like being here at Wilson and. I love giving back to the school that I that I graduated from, and then I recently I've been applying for district jobs. I got a record job, and I'm going to be subbing as well tomorrow and on Friday at Bryant. Then I start here on Monday as a record here at Wilson as a sub record. That's amazing, man! Congratulations on that, uh, Jordan. You work primarily with the film. Uh, but you also like set up the field before the games. Bobby, you, you do that as well. So what's it like on a Friday night? What are you doing on a Friday night like this Friday when Milliken hosts Wilson? Well, besides setting up our camera for film in, in our end zone, uh, we have this uh, we have this car, this heavy card that has a lot of our a lot of uh, like like little parts for helmets, uh, mouthpieces, tape, uh, etc. 
Um, we have to roll that out. We have to roll out our TVs for our Sky Coach, our, the, uh, which we replaced with, which uh, was replaced by, or replaced with a uh, huddle sideline and making making sure that we have all of our all of our water jugs ready to go we make sure we have our headsets ready to go and make sure we have an extra battery pack in case the battery on the camera dies and then you're on the camera in the end zone that's correct okay so really you make sure that the coaches can get mad at everybody for doing things wrong on saturday morning pretty much yeah <laughs> bobby what are you doing on a friday night because i see you on the sideline man you're busy yeah so i fix helmets on friday nights on thursdays i make sure that all the um the headset uh, headset batteries are charged and then i come in on friday morning um take out the batteries and then then i charge one more headset battery because there's like we have nine <laughs> headsets, and sometimes those headsets don't work. And then you're also doing the equipment, right? Yes, I'm doing the equipment, and I fix the equipment, and then um, we have Sky Coach as well. I help Coach Haven set up Sky Coach as well, and then it's stressful when with me and Coach Haven doing Sky Coach together. But we've gotten it together. Nice. Uh, help, um, then I make sure that the ball boys are in line as well. Right, because you've been a ball boy for LBCC and St. Anthony and yes. Lakewood and Wilson. So yes. you, you've seen it all, right? Yes, I've seen it all. I've seen it all <laughs> since I think I was three or four. I started doing ball boy. And, and the ball boy that's here right now, he's, um, his name's JT Houston. And he is the son of... Our office of coordinator Jim Houston. Yeah, so he's going to be the next generation, just like you. He might, yes. <laughs> and Hunter, who start who starts on offensive line right. a, as a sophomore, um, is that's his that's his brother. Yeah, so. that, that's really cool, man. Keeping it all in the family, we love yes. that. Uh, so Friday, you guys are going to do the coin toss. I think that's really cool. We're going to make sure we get a picture of you guys out there with the team and everything. Most importantly, what do you think is going to happen in the game on Friday night, Jordan? I, I just, I'm just hoping for a good game. Just hoping for a good game. What about you, Bobby? What do you think? I'm hoping for a good game and stuff. And I know we're young, but we're rebuilding, so. That's that's right. I got to tell you guys, it is just a joy to see you still involved in these football programs. And we're going to have a lot of fun on Friday night. I'll see you then, okay? Yeah, right, you got it. So big shouts to everybody at the562.org and Long Beach Post for making this show and everything local sports coverage happen Take care, you guys. We will see you in the stands, and we'll talk to you this weekend when we're talking playoffs. Playoffs?